The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, the best way to combat a disease is to make sure you don't get one in the first place. Today, we discuss disease prevention and how that relates to cancer therapies. Plus, later we'll find out what's happening around town and what's new at Mother's Market. But first up, we're extremely pleased to welcome back certified nutritional microscopist Liliana Partita. In addition to being the on-site nutritionist with Dr. Keneally at the Center for New Medicine, she's dedicated her life to health and fitness, including training aerobic instructors and teaching nutrition across the world, and to winning a state championship herself in the 400-meter dash. And we welcome you back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. How are you? I'm good, Kim, and thank you for having me back. Absolutely. And for those in our audience that may not be familiar with your mission and your work, why don't you fill our audience in a little bit before we get to the show's topic? Okay. Well, I would love to. Uh, As you well know, I'm very passionate about living a healthy lifestyle. And I really so enjoy empowering people with the education to understand how to really live a healthy lifestyle. What What does that mean? What are the steps in order to achieve that sense of vitality and well-being? I tell patients, you know, being healthy is waking up in the morning, being excited, and not knowing why. And so when you can achieve that, you know, I really feel, oh, I'm so excited that I've made a slight difference in this world. So today we're talking about how uh, healthy eating for disease prevention and cancer therapies. So let's begin about talking antioxidants. And what are they and uh, what do they have to do about uh, cancer? Okay, uh, Kim, antioxidants are um, phytonutrients. They come from plants, any kind of fruits and vegetables, and even grains and beans have uh, nutrients in it that support what we call oxidative stress in the body. Uh, Those are what we call free radicals. So our body does produce its own antioxidant, which we call glutathione, but even like vitamin C, you know, we don't produce, so we need to take it in those foods, especially um, the citrus or the biflavonoids. I say the, when you, when you peel an orange or a grapefruit, leave the white pith on it, throw all of it in the blender with some water, and Mm -hmm. then you've got a higher antioxidant uh, drink that can really help to support your immune system. That sounds really good right now, by the way. (laughs) What are uh, bioengineered foods, and how are they safe? And actually, are they safe? Well, this is a big topic, as you well know, uh, with the bioengineered foods. Um, They are um, a food that has been injected with an unnatural organism. Mm. That organism could be virus, it could be a pesticide, it could be a fertilizer. And unfortunately, it really changes the genetic composition of this natural food. And unfortunately, we ingest this food and it potentially can affect our own DNA, transmitting the transcription of pesticides. Imagine, in your own DNA. And yeah, we, so we have no idea what that is. That's that unnatural organism. So how do we know? Well, you know, unfortunately, with 37 not passing, yeah. it's not going to be any benefit to us. So really uh, eating those foods that are labeled certified organic are going to be a big thing. 
Uh, I believe that there's actually um, a digital code for genetically modified engineers, and I believe it's a five-digit code. Things that are natural be, will be a four-digit code. Uh, bioengineered would be a five, and I believe it starts with the number eight. So that's something to look forward to. Oh, okay. There's a little piece of information. Thank you. Will increasing physical activity lower cancer risk? Well, Kim, what it does lower is the CRP, C-reactive protein, which is an inflammatory marker that all cancer patients, I won't say all cancer patients, but many of them have. Uh, It increases oxygenation. And, you know, of course, a lot of cancer patients don't have a whole lot of energy. So walking is very valuable, not only for uh, being outdoor and getting a little bit of the endorphin effect, but oxygenation. We know that cancer loves an oxygen-deprived state. So it's excellent uh, for for all of those that I mentioned, but also for stimulating the lymphatic system uh, that can be very stagnant. So one of my favorite things to have patients do, if they're capable, is a rebound. It's very low impact on the skeletal system. They can do breathing exercises on it. It stimulates the lymphatic system. Uh, So that and walking are my favorite. And what is and a rebounder? Where can the people do that? Uh, you know, rebounder is like a little mini trampoline, hmm. and you know, you don't jump upwards; you jump down into it. Very small little jumping, and you can get them really at most sports stores. Uh, you know, sports chalet uh, places, or even on the internet. Oh, okay. Uh, let's talk about sugar and cancer risk. Well, that's one of my favorite subjects Mm -hmm. because this is something I find completely appalling that when I get patients that have been to a standard oncologist, they don't say a word about altering the amount of sugar that they consume. And I always say, well, it's kind of interesting when you go to do a CAT scan, uh, they have you fast and then they have you drink sugar. And then they do the CAT scan and the sugar completely, you know, is being uptaked by cancer cells so they can see it. So wouldn't that make sense that sugar is cancer's preferred fuel. And so I tell patients any amount of sugar, the uh, cancer cells will ferment to utilize it. Cancer doesn't need oxygen. Uh, It only needs sugar and it loves acidity. So without the exercise or breathing exercises with a high amount of sugar into your diet and with too many acid foods, our predisposition is really high. So I didn't realize that if you were to just go to a regular oncologist, if, the, if at the first onset of, if you were, you were to uh, go and say you have cancer, and they give you, and they give you the test, they give you a drink of sugar, basically. Yeah. So basically, it, it helps. It, what it does is it detects that where, where where the cancer is located in the body because it lights up. Wow. Because the cancers are gobbling it up. You know, and so it's pretty crazy. A lot of times my patients will say, yeah, I went to chemotherapy. And the interesting thing is they've got like little bowls of candies all over the place, you know, to keep your blood sugar stable. And I'm just like, this is insane. So, I mean, it's unfortunate, but the more education and our patients come in very educated, Mm -hmm. you know, they've exhausted oftentimes, you know, allopathic medicine. it, It has its place. We need it. Absolutely. But, you know, to have a lifestyle change is so important because we want to change the terrain of that very body that allowed for cancer to take up root. I mean, Mm -hmm. we produce 
70,000 cancer cells a day. But if our immune system is highly activated, we're able to identify and to destroy. And again, you know, we we haven't talked about it in this show, but in others, the toxin burden overload is the tipping point. Mm-hmm. And I just know that every time I've come here to the Center for New Medicine, it's always that sugar, it just fuels cancer. And that's really, as you say, your, your patients are so educated on sugar. So that's interesting. Let's talk about pesticides and or pesticides in foods and processed foods and preservatives in foods and how they can cause cancer. Well, we do know for sure that they are carcinogens. And again, if it can alter our genes, that is just something that absolutely, as a cancer patient, the first thing that we let them know is that they have to go green. Mm -hmm. They already have a toxin burden overload in their body. So to be, you know, willfully eating foods that have hormones and antibiotics and pesticides, uh, fertilizers, uh, chemicals, that's just compounding the situation. And we're really not able to, again, try to create that balance for, you know, what we would consider uh, strength to really fight cancer. Hmm. What are the advantages and disadvantages of a vegetarian diet? Well, I I like uh, vegetarian diets for detoxification. I think they're fantastic. Uh, when patients are uh, have a lot of energy, they come in, they have been diagnosed with cancer, they haven't gone through a lot of treatments that cause them fatigue, then I say, yeah, let's go on a cleansing diet. Let's really try to you know move some of these toxins out because you have enough energy, you're strong enough to do this. We know that uh, vegetarian diets are going to offer you more minerals uh, in the foods, the vegetables, and also a more alkaline diet, more water, more potassium, more magnesium, which are also very, very important to create a a more alkaline body. But at the same time is we also uh, can't forget that it really depends on the patient. For example, uh, patients that have brain cancer, they can't have a whole lot of carbohydrates like beans as an alternative for a protein because of the fact that that we need to put them on a ketogenic, which means um, they're living off of their uh, ketone fats. And so sugars are really restricted. So therefore, it's very hard to put a cancer patient with brain cancer on a vegetarian diet. It's impossible because they need to have good quality protein, which is going to be mostly animal protein. And again, I want the anti-inflammatory protein, like, you know, the small fish and also nuts and seeds and uh, chicken fit and turkey, Uh, red meat. I don't recommend when you have cancer. Uh, When you cook it, it releases toxins, lipid peroxides, which, um, you know, again, will just contribute to the more toxin burden overload. Um, And when you are a vegetarian, and you were talking a little bit about this in a former show about the types of protein that you get, um, and it depends on what type of vegetarian, but can some vegetarians have fish as that, or does it completely no fish? Well, you know, I mean, there, there, you know, there's, there's lacto-vegetarian. I mean, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, degrees of vegetarianism. I I say, if you eat any animal product, you're not a vegetarian. Okay. Uh, You know, you'll, you lean, you know, you can be a vegan, a vegetarian, but if you eat animal products, you're, you're not either. So, um, 
again, I just kind of want to reiterate that uh, I love incorporating vegetarian meals into a diet regardless. So what I really do is, is very specifically is, you know, what is that patient willing to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, some patients have such uh, standard American diets that to tell them to eat, you know, a vegetarian diet is completely out of their scope of thinking. They yeah. are not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I could sit there and talk till I'm blue in the face and they're looking at me like, that sounds really nice, but I'm not going to do it. I want my, my chicken. I want my this. So then I say, okay, well, let's not have those, that, those foods that are going to be highly, uh, you know, uh, hormonalized, devitalized and chemicalized. Let's have that, but let's limit it. So I love to build my meal around my greens regardless. So I, I tell patients whether you want to have some protein quality, hormone-free, antibiotic-free, uh, to no more than once a day period. And then the other two meals can be vegetarian. I love shakes for breakfast. They've got to have their vegetable juices throughout the day, uh, green drinks. And, um, and then for lunch and dinner, uh, they can have it either, you know, a protein that's an animal protein, but again, only once a day. So if one meal can be a, a lentil soup with a large salad and the other meal could be uh, a piece of fish with a uh, double vegetables and a large salad, then really three quarters of the plate is going to be green. And that's my goal. I tell patients, you need to have two salads a day, period. There should be absolutely no question about that. So just trying to do that sometimes is a big feat. Mm -hmm. There you go. And that helps with the cleansing and you say that detoxification and the going green. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, this is really interesting information. And of course, uh, we're going to be right back. We're going to talk more about uh, cancer disease prevention. And uh, we'll be right back. Thank you so much. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high quality, great tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. And welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market Radio or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click on the link for radio and listen to our past shows, plus download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with certified nutritional microscopist Liliana Partita. And we're talking about healthy eating for disease prevention and cancer therapies. So Liliana, is soy safe? You know, that's a really good question because with so many vegetarians uh, using it as an alternative source of protein, uh, we have found that it has an estrogenic effect. So it mimics estrogens in the body. Uh, What does estrogen oftentimes makes things grow? So uh, I did a lot of research on this, and uh, soya actually shrinks the brain. Mm. It has estrogenic effects on the body. 
interestingly enough to know that soybean is the only bean uh, that has uh, an inability to be digested even after soaking. <laughs> it has trypsin in it, which doesn't allow for its digestion. So in reality, it was really ne- never meant for human consumption. It was utilized as a plant to put nitrogen in the soil. And of course, we as Americans, as supersized as we are, you know, when uh, the China and Japan started using it uh, because they had all this excess soybean, what to do with the population, and they started making, you know, curdled tofu, they used very small amounts. Mm. And over here, supersize me, we did everything soy, you know, tofu burgers, tofu ice cream, soy milk, soy protein powder, textured soy meats, and overindulged, and therefore hormonal disruption. Wow. Well, that's really fascinating. And um, this is, uh, I don't know when, yeah, soy really came, became so popular in the United States. I don't know what, at what point this happened. It's been, I think, approximately around a good 15 years, yeah. you know, and it was just, this was heart safe and mm-hmm. it was fantastic. It's going to lower cholesterol. I mean, it has phytoestrogens in it. And so their whole uh, concept was that it binds to the estrogen receptor sites, not a, a weaker estrogen, not allowing a more dangerous estrogen to enter that cell wall. And this is something that we've been talking about um, here on the Mother's Market Radio Show, that what we thought was so good for us, um, but you really kind of hit the nail on the head with this supersize me concept that the Americans seem to have, that we Americans seem to have, which, um, you know, everything in... Bigger is better. Yeah, that's not always the case, <laughs> No, you know? because we end up getting bigger and we don't think we're better. I know, right? Yeah, yeah everything just in these small portions. Well, um, okay, what about, what are live foods uh, and what are dead foods? Well, let's talk about dead foods. Mm-hmm. So those are the foods that really have no energy in terms of their vibration. They have been devitalized. They have been taken, the uh, vitamins and minerals have been taken out of them by processing. Uh, They've had hydrogenated oils put in them to uh, uh, um, increase their shelf life. These foods, the body doesn't even know what to do with them. Uh, Foods that we microwave literally changes the molecular structure of the foods that our body says, what is this food? It doesn't appear like anything natural. And so what does it do? The immune system literally will attack it saying, you shouldn't be in here. And so again, you have hyperimmunity. So it's really important, canned food, processed food, packaged food, it's dead. It has really no vitality or nutrition in it. A live food is vibrant in nature. It has energy. If I were to stick a probe in there, and we did this experiment, uh, uh, um, organic food and a non-organic food, a potato, and, you know, it has a lot of high potassium and minerals, and it had this little rod in it that we put into the potato, and it lit up a, a, um, an actual bulb, mm-hmm. the organic one, and then the one that was not organic with a little teeny light, you know, <laughs> so we can, we can, you know, measure the energetic field of those foods. And so live food uh, still retain their constituents of the phytonutrients. Obviously, we want those foods that are raw, like our salads. So if we can have those two salads a day, I tell patients to chop up vegetables really small or shred them because they're a lot easier to chew. I love uh, raw beets in a salad. It's high glutathione, uh, carrots and uh, uh, broccoli. Chop it up really small and it's able to eat. You're able to eat all these live foods that still retain their vitamins, their minerals, uh, their enzymes, their amino acids because they have not been altered by heat. Now, when you 
you do cook vegetables, uh, you steam them very lightly so they're still a little crunchy, um, you're going to lose the uh, enzyme effect, but you're not going to lose the mineral effect, which is so important for our cancer patients to try to create uh, an alkaline medium. And so... Um, Live food is just that, alive. Uh, obviously, we're not going to be able to go out our backyard oftentimes and pick it and eat it, which is going to have the most highest amount of energy. But really, if we go with that organic live food and really shop smart, seasonal shopping, uh, mother's market, uh, you know, your local, um, you know, farmer's market, then, you know, we're really living a, a more uh, a life-giving lifestyle. Mm, I love that. And um, just like if you can walk us into a mother's market or into if you're at a grocery store and, and they always say to shop on the outside, right? That's right. where the live food aisles are. I remember hearing that at one point and the dead food <laughs> seems to be in the middle, but they catch you there um, kind of where the carbs are sort of. In the so middle the, or at the checkout, right? Oh, you that's know, let's, right. Let's they have a look at you. this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, So, you know, I tell patients, you know, you you know, have intent when you're shopping. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I love cooking. I am so passionate about food. I mean, I'll go to different countries waking up going, what are we going to eat today? Oh, I love Um, it. You know, but again, I allow my body, because it is in a healthy state, to really direct me. Oftentimes, I'll walk in saying, oh my gosh, look at this beautiful this or that. Oh, I'm going to make this out of it. But I'm looking at the live food. You know, oh, this great eggplant, I'm going to make a beautiful, uh, you know, grilled eggplant with zucchini Mm. and so most of everything that's going to be of health benefit to you is going to be around the perimeters you're going to have your vegetables your fruits then along the perimeter is going to be uh your meat and of course meat if you ate it raw it might be live but that's (laughs) not going to happen that little sushi right would be fine Mm. but again um you know, meats are important for those amino acids and also for the rebuilding and detoxification. And so uh, that's going to be around the perimeter. And even, um, you know, I'd say the only times really I go in the middle is to get my cleaning products. And that's just really about it or toothpaste or something of that nature. Um, But uh, other than that, you know, I mean, a mother's market's a little bit different because pretty much everything in there is fabulous Mm -hmm. and wonderful. So when I go, it's like I'm going to Disneyland. I'm going up (laughs) and down the aisles and see what is new and what did they have. Uh, So it's a lot of fun. What is your favorite thing to cook? Well, you know, I love... um, spa cuisine and so you know i'll do a lot of salads as a main meal Mm. so i might do a seared ahi on top of you know a bed of wild lettuce and uh you know some uh, raw beets on top so i do salads a lot as a main meal but really i have such a, a a wonderful respect and repertoire for foods that pretty much it'll be um fish chicken or turkey once in a while maybe twice a month i'll have some grass-fed uh Uh, meat lamb my favorite but otherwise it's double vegetables a huge salad and a and a piece of protein Mm, and and the salad dressing you gotta you gotta have the salad dressing. (laughs) (laughs) what are the best foods in order to combat cancer and then building your immunity is so important Uh, You really want to eat uh, those foods that don't trigger inflammation. So one, starting out with uh, getting rid of all the potential allergens. We talked about gluten as number one. All the whole gluten flour, wheat flour, white flour, uh, oats, barley, and I say corn as well. Mm -hmm. And so soya as well. So we want to get rid of those, first of all. 
We want to lower our sugar consumption. And, you know, people say, oh, my gosh, you know, if you tell me that everything that grows from the ground is a sugar, well, what am I going to eat? And I said, again, you know, let's look at those bitter, better foods. And so those are the ones that are going that we talked about having that are alive. So the salads, the vegetables, the asparagus, the cruciferous vegetables, uh, really loading up with those, juicing them, making them into soup, making them the primary source of your meal, uh, putting uh, good quality protein, whether it's going to be hemp seeds and nuts or beans or a, a nice piece of fish, you know, or a protein shake, you've got to have that. And um, again, uh, not exposing yourself to these obesogens, I call them uh, those uh, uh, chemical toxins that the body has no idea of what to do with these phthalates and these uh, pesticides and herbicides and parabens. And so really eliminating all of those are extremely important. Of course, exercise uh, whatever a patient can do to increase the circulation, uh, lymphatic st stimulation is important. Uh, we do a lot of coffee enemas for our patients because it really, it's not for a, a colon uh, detoxification, it's to actually, uh, you know, detox the body of its uh, toxins. Because as you do these uh, coffee enemas and you're doing a retention enema, uh, you're holding it for a period of time so that the toxins are able to circulate from the liver to the blood to the coffee. You trap those toxins in the coffee and then you're able to eliminate them out. So we prescribe that to our cancer patients and they do a coffee enema daily mm -hmm. and it really helps to retard uh, the, re the, you know, the continued progression uh, of, the, of cancer and really makes a patient feel uh, so much better. So we do the coffee enemas, gallbladder, liver flushes are important. Infrared sauna, if they, if you have exposure to that, it's fantastic. Uh, chelation therapy to get any heavy metals out of the body. Uh, any kind. I love massage therapy because it helps for lymphatic drainage and it also helps to, um, you know, give you a, a little anti-stress. Uh, and of course, I, I I'm really um, very. Um, passionate about working with people's emotions because everything has an emotional component to it. So I really uh, like to get the patient really looking at potential uh, uh, emotional toxicity in, uh, in which we can uh, help to support that awareness so that they can uh, stop feeding the roots of that uh, emotional toxin. Wow. Well, um, and is there anything that you want to wrap up by saying about the best lifestyle that you can lead in order to prevent cancer and disease? It sounds like you're... Well, you know, okay, in summary, the, the, the best thing really in an anti-cancer prevention lifestyle is getting back to nature, mm. you know, is really eating those foods that look like food, number one, getting outside and getting exposed to the natural elements that God so beautifully mm -hmm. architecturally designed for us, having the, the whole five senses activated, the smell of a flower, the, the sight of a beautiful cloud, uh, having friendship and love in your life is so very very, very important, getting out and doing some exercise and um, really creating a life that has something to do with joy. Oh, oh I love that. And it's perfect time of year for that too. Perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. You just wrapped that up with a big perfect bow and we look forward to having you on again. In the meantime, you can catch more of Liliana on the Center for New Medicine website, at thecenterfornewmedicine.com and see her at Mother's Market and take in one of her great seminars. Thank you so much, Liliana Partida. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market radio show and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. 
Mothers recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.